0: What's good, guys? It's your host, Adrian Evans. Welcome to the Black Wealth Media Podcast, where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs, and we talk about how we can create wealth and build legacy within the black community. Let's get into this episode.
1: Oh, Jeremy, my man, how are you?
0: what's going on man how you doing
1: i'm doing well i'm blessed how are you bro
0: good man i can't complain man welcome to the black Wolf media podcast guys i'm your host you already know who i am i got a special guest jeremy jones he is a tech mogul and he's also a rap artist man go ahead and uh give the audience a little bit of background on yourself man
1: oh man well first off thank you so much for having me i really do appreciate you taking the time to speak with me um Yeah, as you said, my name is Jeremy Jordan-Jones. I am the founder, chairman, and CEO of the Amalgam Group, otherwise known as Amalgam, the blockchain company. I also go by J. Jordan-Jones. I am a uh, songwriter and multidisciplined musician. Been been making music for more than half my life, probably since I was, I don't know, 12. I've been working in tech since I was about 19. I'm now 28, so.
0: All right, that sounds good, man. That's Mm -hmm. dope. So, man, tell me, where are you originally from?
1: Oh, uh, man, I grew up in New- I grew up about 20 minutes north, maybe 30 minutes north of Manhattan in a town called Scarsdale in Westchester County. And uh, right now I'm in Boston. I tend to spend my time between Boston and Los Angeles. But due to the pandemic, I think uh, building a home base out in Boston for the time being.
0: Yeah, that's what's up, man. Speaking of the pandemic, how's everything been going for you as far as, you know, business and, you know, making your music?
1: Man, as I said, I'm pretty blessed. In terms of uh, the music, you know, I nothing has really uh, spurred my creativity more than having time to be at peace with my own thoughts and really reflect on a lot and try to take in what's going on around me and really find myself and find some peace and be balanced and enjoy the solace. But um, as far as business goes, you know, we're quite fortunate. Actually, we just... we. Just started expanding quite a bit. I just hired 19 people. And, uh, you know, where because we uh, design and build a lot of software that kind of streamlines processes for business and consumers alike, you know, these businesses that are unfortunately laying people off and having to downsize are now looking to software companies like mine to streamline those operations and make sure they can uh, keep hitting those pain points effectively. So, you know, uh the government contracting side of what we are doing is moving rather quickly and thank God. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, the payment side of things, a lot of the the partnerships we have are going really well because again, we're we're in a unique position where we get to leverage our core competencies to kind of help these businesses stay afloat in a time like this. So I I cannot complain where business is booming.
0: That's dope, man. That's that's real good. I'm definitely happy for you. Um
1: Thank you. you know,
0: I wanted to, you know, talk about, like, some of your music. Of course, you're up here because we're here to talk about the, you know, your your tech company. But I also wanted to talk, talk to you about your music, man. I thought your um, your last album that I heard, Inception, I thought that was pretty dope, man. Um, yeah, thank so, you. Yeah, no problem, man. I, I listen to it a lot. And so, you know.
1: Oh, well, that's dope. I appreciate yeah, that.
0: No problem, man, yeah. Um, so, you know, my question was, man, like, When it comes to writing an album, what kind of creativity does that take? And, you know, what kind of focus does that require you to have?
1: Oh, man, that is that's a great question. Uh, uh, It's going to be kind of a loaded answer that I give you. But, um, you know, so I have a pretty phenomenal team around me from my PR team, Liberty Music PR, to my creative director and right hand man, Marcus Cheatham. Um, as well as actually my right hand woman, who's also my chief of staff for Amalgam, Natalie Moik. Uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by people that, um, you know, they kind of rear and, and help foster that creativity. And, and, you know, as well as my creative writing partner, Will Henderson, we, we never put an ounce of pressure on the process. I mean, yeah. um, Album Loading Inception is the first installment in a trilogy of EPs. So we kind of went into it knowing uh thematically how we wanted to approach things that being said uh you know inception a lot of the tracks on that we had had for years like Khaleesi is like oh. four years almost five years old um you know but because I play multiple instruments and got my start in like a hip-hop rock band and grew up listening to everything from Tchaikovsky and Bach to Earth, Wind and Fire, Outkast, Tupac, DMX, Big E, M, Wu-Tang all that um We've pretty eclectic tastes. And, um, you know, as far as the creative process goes, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, sometimes um, when I am producing every part of the instrumental, uh, I'm kind of feeling it out, you know, kind of feeling my way through the dark. Um, but more often than not, what typically happens is press play and start by kind of mumbling out a melody and some type of specific cadence and and go from there. Um, what was really unique about Inception and a lot of the work that we did in that era is I never physically wrote anything down. I mean I grew up in uh you know the house that Hove built. And so I learned the way I learned to write songs actually was freestyle rapping. So typically what happens is off the top of my head and, and and build from there whether it's just entirely spontaneous or i've listened to it a few times and then went at that so very rarely was i writing down the lyrics but for the second installment album loading inertia that should be coming out sometime in october um, half of that uh, project due to i guess where i was in life um, i decided to actually write because as i as I said, I've been reading a lot and being far more introspective and in trying to right. um, increase my degree of self-awareness. So um, I think that really translates in this project. With probably the latter half of the album being physically written songs, whether it's about love, work, politics, economics, things like that, um, it's a lot bigger sonically. We, you know, we decided to bring in live instrumentation. I roped in some of the most talented instrumentalists that I know. So we have live strings on there, live bass, live horns, everything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very much a mixed bag. Um, but like I said, more often than not, it kind of just starts uh, by feeling it out, man. And yeah. I, I think the most timeless music out there is music that is honest and, and very human. Right. right. And, and you kind of don't need to, you don't need to figure out how to say, or how to um what would be the word, procure truth when the truth is all around you.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's fire, man. I definitely feel that. Thank you. Um and I think it's dope, man. I noticed, you know, you said that you played like pretty much all the instruments when you were coming up. I think that's pretty dope. Um, to be diverse and then like all the music you just missed, like all the genres of music that you just mentioned, I think that's pretty cool too um i'm I'm definitely like a type of guy listening to all kinds of music you know i listen to rap i listen to rock um i listen to some country r&b you know so i think it's very diverse um so yeah man um and so my next question man like what does it take to build a team that you know can see the vision can see your vision like what kind of you know skills does that take
1: oh man um So I am a big believer of the if you build it, they will come methodology. But at the same time, um, you know, you can't just expect that people will automatically fall into your gravitational pull because you just want something, right? Right. I think you are very much who you align yourself with. And, you know, uh, to speak to that, um, I think you need to... I think the most successful people, regardless of industry or trade, are self-aware. I think that's number one. And I think that self-awareness can turn out to be boundless when you know yourself well enough um, that it becomes apparent to the people around you. And then when those people see that, it's a lot easier for your value systems to align. Um, And having those people accept you for who you are, who you wish to become, who you are not, and and maybe they see your shortcomings, your flaws, or you trying to work through, you know, the human experience, um, and having that kind of be where you all converge. I think that's when the most amazing teams come about, and I think that, um, you know, you need to be innately aware of the fact that you do not know what you do not know, and you need to trust other people's strengths. And you need to trust that again, you are one human being. You have your strengths, you have your flaws and weaknesses. And you know, I think the thing same thing translates when it comes to me running amalgam and on the tech side of things. You know, I have a team full of people that have done amazing things. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna sell myself short and say I haven't done some great things, but you know, my my chief marketing officer, she was the head of global branding at New Balance. And Um, you know, and then after that decided to, uh, be the CMO at two blockchain companies that raised collectively almost $200 million. I mean, Marcus, Uh my right hand, um, my right hand on the music side, you know, he is the senior product manager at Under Armour for men's apparel. Natalie, my right hand woman used to play professional soccer for the Germany, women's national team and went on to get an NBA after that. So I need to surround myself with people who are so much better at what they do than what I do and understand that I have as much as I know and can offer to teach others, there is infinitely more that I can learn from others.
0: Facts, man. That's powerful. What what I took from all that, man, is surround yourself with greatness. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that is so dope, man, to have people around you that have done something like you know have done something powerful and then they they also have a vision and you put your vision together you can go real far
1: precisely couldn't have said it better myself
0: um and so speaking of now now correct me if i'm saying it right it's amalgam correct
1: yes yes amalgam like the the metal it's kind of a it's a scientific term it's a compound that's often used in dental work but it's okay various types of metals coming together to make a compound or in some cases an alloy that's often stronger than the individual pieces themselves
0: Uh, okay i think that's a pretty dope name man now thank you tell me man like how did you come up with you know the idea to create your own blockchain because i think that's I think that's, you know, amazing that, you know, you have a young black man um, that created his own blockchain. And of course I don't know of any others, you know what I'm saying? So (laughs) how do you with the idea to do that, man?
1: Well, we are certainly few and far between in this industry. I'd say in tech in general, vastly underrepresented, but um, let me think of how to answer this question because I feel like it's such a multifaceted question. Well, I think the first thing I should do is is kind of uh, distinguish between us having our own blockchain. And we, we do not operate on our own blockchain. We actually operate on the Ethereum blockchain, but we do build oh. a, a suite of software products that leverage blockchain to make your everyday activities and processes far more efficient, far safer, far more cost-effective. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, I again, have a background mostly in media and tech, a little bit of finance and economics, mostly the arts and sciences are my background. Um, so I started this company in 2017, late 2017, around the time of the Bitcoin bubble. And at the time I had been doing, uh you know, consulting for small and medium-sized businesses, a few large enterprises that I'm unfortunately contractually not allowed to mention, but... um you know, I had been doing a lot of consulting and 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 feeling things out prior to the consulting. I was the vice president of a payment processing company. So, um, me being able to see what was already wrong in the traditional kind of antiquated infrastructure that everybody operates in in terms of payments was was one thing. Uh, but I don't want to say or act like I was looking for a solution actively. I think right. just when this Bitcoin bubble was happening, any any entrepreneur worth their salt is going to go, how can I become a part of this? How can I not just become a part of this, but make my own. And that thing that I make, how do I develop a competitive advantage that will distinguish me from the rest of the landscape and um, totally forgot mid conversation when I was speaking with my friends about Bitcoin that I had invested in Bitcoin like two and a half, almost three years prior. And suffice it to say, my investment had kind of grown substantially. And uh, I cashed out and I went to Google and I typed in, what is Bitcoin? What is blockchain? How to make your own cryptocurrency? I downloaded everything I possibly could about that, studied countless white papers and and got a grasp for the nature of the industry. Again, I was a complete novice in, at this point. And yeah. uh, I wrote a white paper leveraging all of the technology that I was familiar with, all of the uh, verticals and industries that I was familiar with, whether it was hospitality, finance, logistics, even entertainment and and the, the economics and economies of scale behind that. And I wrote a white paper that kind of theorized the uh, mainstream use cases for blockchain and cryptocurrency. I started to bring up the idea of stable coins, which we're now seeing kind of pop up and propagate left and right. But, um, you know, that white paper that I wrote as a complete novice, I was blessed enough to have a very good warm reception by the crypto industry at the time. Um, and you know, I decided like any other venture I'd been in once it kind of got that external validation. I said, let's take the show on the road. So we put together a presale, uh, you know I started roping together a bunch of the brightest people I know and started raising money to create a cryptocurrency, launch the crypto, and then develop software um wow. you know I had some speed bumps along the way because the learning curve was so steep but yeah. um you know we 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 accomplished our goal and continue to accomplish our goal in terms of developing this beautiful groundbreaking state of the art software that helps really set that standard um for blockchain and, and and really helps foster the mainstream adoption of that technology and makes it less scary, more familiar. And, you know, we get to educate people at the same time and teach them about the technology and provide financial literacy to what would otherwise be underserved communities or help cannabis businesses, for example, get access to because we mitigate the risk in terms of supply chain or logistics or data storage or finances. So, um, it's been a crazy ride, but so far it's paid off. I mean we have some pretty yeah. valuable partnerships and clients and companies growing so i I can't complain
0: Wow, that man, you just said a mouthful <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know what uh for those who don't know, could you explain like what the difference is between blockchain and cryptocurrencies?
1: I would be glad to. I do this every day. Um, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> a blockchain, right, is a, a ledger of decentralized nodes, meaning no one party owns all of the information. No one party contributes all of the information. Um, the storage aspect of this ledger is completely immutable and unchangeable. Uh, so once information is there on that ledger, it cannot be erased, it cannot be written over, it can only be added to. Um, and there are dozens and dozens and dozens, dozens of what are called consensus algorithms. Those are essentially the rules by which that particular blockchain structure abides. Uh, and so this, you know, this technology, which is known as DLT, Decentralized Ledger Technology, Has numerous benefits in terms of supply chain or validating financial transactions, eliminating the risk of fraud, um, eliminating the need for intermediaries like a clearing house or escrow when you're going to buy a house. But on top of that, um, you know, a fisherman can take advantage of blockchain in terms of market price of their fish at the time because they can say, "Hey, this guy over in Scandinavia is selling." This same type of fish for this number. This is the going price as of, you know, uh, forty-two seconds ago, determined by this node. Um, so, blockchain as itself is a is a fundamentally decentralized, immutable, untamperable ledger technology. Whereas Bitcoin is a digital financial instrument that operates on that technology, right? It would be the same thing as, um, you know, you can say that all um, MacBooks are computers, but not all computers are MacBooks. Mm, True. Um, And every one of those computers, whether it's a Mac, a Windows device, um, they all have different operating systems, but they all have operating systems. So I guess blockchain is akin to the operating system, whereas Bitcoin is akin to the computer or the device itself.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Hey, that, that's a that's a solid definition,
1: man. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad because I know a lot of people always ask me, when, "Oh, yeah, you're you're the amalgam guy, the the Bitcoin guy." I'm like oh, it's not really the same thing, but. You're headed in the right direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, man, like, you know, being able to pretty much be in, you know, two industries with, you know, music and technology. What is a typical day like for you?
1: Oh, oh man. Um, varies. As of late, I've been I've been putting in a lot of work um, just because typically this is the time of year where partnerships expand. Things like that. Um, I'm typically up between 5.45 and 6.45 in the morning, depending on how much sleep I got the night before. I average probably five, no more than six hours of sleep. Um, I'm up. I have a one-year-old German Shepherd puppy. So the second I'm up, he's up. And um, take him out for a walk. Then I go to the gym for about an hour, hour and a half, have breakfast, put on Bloomberg, read the journal. Um and then I start my day by mostly checking my emails. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes prior, I'll I'll take some time out to meditate and make sure I don't look at my screen for the first hour of my day, just to really set my intention and stay centered in Zen. But once I'm really working, uh, you know, I check a lot of those emails. I I live and die by lists, so. You know, I have a frosted glass in my home office that I use as a whiteboard. And then I also use the notes app and a couple of other project management apps on my computer. Um, Then I touch base with my C-suite. So primarily my chief strategy officer uh, and my chief marketing officer and my chief operating officer as well. We kind of go over, uh, you know, the executive tasks for the week in terms of, hey, what are these objectives that we need to knock out? in order to get to this goal right so the way i typically try to operate is i have a two-year plan constantly i break that into quarters
0: what's up guys i hope you're enjoying the show if you are i want you to take a screenshot of yourself listening and i want you to tag at underscore the black media Pod. that'll be a big help as far as getting the message out also I want you to go ahead and leave a five-star review and go ahead and subscribe. Let's get back to the show.
1: Then I break those quarters into months. Each one of those months I plot out in my calendar. And then every Monday or Sunday night, I take that full week and I write down the list there. So I try to go from macro to micro constantly. And I think that translates a lot in terms of what I do yeah um you know i've been learning a lot about my time management kind of executive management style from my chief strategy officer you know he is 20 plus years in in running family office hedge funds and raising billions of dollars and things like that And because he's so old school he at the end of every week gives me a status report so i try to apply that to my following monday and i go all right guys where do you stand on your current tasks what do you more importantly what can i do to help what do you need from me do you need uh, my insight do you need my approval is there somebody i can speak to to help you accomplish that goal wonderful i need this from you so i can go ahead and speak to this contracting office this partner this enterprise organization um things like that and then i you know throughout the course of my day um will go ahead and communicate to my interns just touch base with them i typically give them assignments two weeks to a month at a time so i can kind of touch base with them and i try to be uh, a bit more hands-off in my approach and, and empowering my team members to be their own leaders in their own regard um and i make sure that i'm very accessible to them so that's really a lot of my day and throw in probably a dozen phone calls every day and then um you know i try to have dinner with my girl she and i live two blocks away from each other so we try to do that but she's also she's an epidemiologist and she's getting oh. her doctorate right now so we're both like knee deep in the work right now right. but um because of that if i have the time i'll i'll uh i'll try to work on some music after i've had dinner winding down my evening I have some music on start to record start to write if i am not in the mood to write record do whatever I'll watch other musicians work as far as like YouTube videos, these virtual concerts they're doing. I will watch documentaries on them. But I'll also, if I'm not even in the creative vibe and I've been far more technical and and left brained about everything. I'm sorry, right brained about everything. Yeah. Um I will, you know, try to read. I've been studying a lot of um just like fiscal policy documentaries on on um you know these key performance indicators and trends that kind of signal market collapses and things like that and i just try to soak up as much game as possible um in my evenings i know a lot of people like to decompress but that is kind of how i decompress by soaking yeah. up this game and and not being afraid to dream and and try to think bigger um yeah so i would say that's that's typically like my Monday through Friday. It can definitely vary, but I would say that's my average day It's typically you know like I said five forty five to six forty five around there, wake up and then probably in bed around midnight uh maybe one o'clock and then just back at it. you hello Yo, with us yeah, sorry, lost you there. Are you good? So yeah, I would say that's that's pretty much my average day is is uh it's busy but it's fluid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, man. Um so how does it feel, man? Like do you ever think about the fact that you are a young black CEO? Um, does that ever like just hit you or is that something that you know you don't really think about too much?
1: All the time, man. All the time. I think about it. Yeah. Um, again, it kind of comes with that self-awareness, right? Um, right. but at the same time I try to remind myself that, um, as, as well as I've done for myself, there's so much more to do. Yeah. And, and the expectations I have for myself need to translate into the goals that I'm setting. And, um, You know, I think the name of the game outside of all of the worldly titles and accolades and awards and dollar amounts and things like that and, you know, bank accounts and whatnot. I think to me, uh, you know, the purpose is rooted in legacy and like, what can I do to, one, make this world just less shitty than when I came into it? But then on top of that, uh, what can I do to kind of look back and reach down and put that ladder down for the next person. What doors can I open? Because like I said, we're so few and far between. I was raised by, you know, a single mother who like from day one embedded in me, do not let anybody tell you what you can or cannot do. And, um, you know, I watched her go from nothing to a self-made woman, you know, in the first 14 years of my life before she passed. And like watching that, Having that program me, um, you know, I remember, I'll never forget, I think the most definitive moment I had in in my teen years was uh, and wall to wall with obviously so many people I knew, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people I had never met in my life and seeing that legacy that she left behind and this positive impact she had on people. So while it does hit me, to me, it's, it feels far more like responsibility than, um, you know, than something to tout. Obviously, being the musician I am and being a hip hop head, there is that machismo and that bravado and that right. and that pride because you should be proud of yourself. Like, don't right. let anybody tell you, you should not be proud of yourself. For not even for one second. But at the same time, do not get lost in the sauce. Do not. Gas yourself up and let your head get too big to thinking you're invincible. Because like I said, I would not be able to do a majority of the shit that I do now without the people around me. Sorry for cursing, by the way.
0: No, you good. You good, bro. This is unfiltered. <laughs> bet, bet. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, I think something, you said something real powerful. You said, you know, you want to be able to hand the letter, hand the ladder down so somebody mm-hmm. can climb up and get the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important especially for the younger black generation um especially to see black men like us doing something powerful and and leaving a leaving a legacy. A lot for of sure. people a lot of people don't give away the game like that. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't give away um information. They you know you got to go find it and somebody might not know how to find it.
1: Facts, facts. I think there's a lot to be said for our culture and our people, right? It's like I think we've been so programmed from the second that we come out of the wound to operate in this world that is so combative and everything is so against you. You're convinced that your own people are against you. Right. And, and whether it's like overt or subvert in this subconscious thing, you know, what's that whole line? He says, I'll show you how to move in a room full of vultures. It's like, you know, we, we really think, Oh, I'm on. Fuck these other niggas, right? I don't. I don't need. I don't. I don't owe them anything, bro. Yes, you do. <laughs> like we got everybody else not allowing us in. How are you not gonna try and help anybody, exactly. especially the people that look like you? And like, yo, there are people that don't look like me, but guess what? They're little girls who are being told that they can't do X, Y, and Z. Bro, I was raised by a single woman. Women are the strongest people I know. And I I'm trying that. to open the door for everybody, you know.
0: Yes, sir that's powerful. I definitely feel that man. That's a fact. Women are very very powerful. Especially, you know, women I think women show you the most support, especially black women. Mm-hmm. Um, they show you the most support, man. So it's definitely great to to be able to pour into them, you know what I'm saying? Preach. Um, Preach. So yeah, man, like another question I wanted to ask you was, you know, you were speaking about being self-aware, you know, for that kid out there or that young person out there that's listening to this podcast, Um, what kind of advice would you give when it comes to finding out who you are?
1: Oh, man. Um, some of the best advice I've gotten, I'll just throw out a few adages and kind of try to annotate them and explain, but, um, one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was younger was it's good to set these goals and it is good to go ahead and say i'm going to do this but what you need to understand and i still struggle with this i'm almost 30 i still struggle with this every day yeah. is reminding yourself that it takes you know three times the time you expected and four times the bullshit you expected to deal with along the way Thanks. and and understanding that you are not invincible and and the path from a to z is not linear it is like geospatial and B is going to be 40 million yards to your left and C might be right in front of you, but D might take you back 50 yards. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, another thing my mother used to tell me all the time was you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. It's like, you gotta, you gotta understand you don't know everything. You really do. You really do. And, and uh, at the same time, Yo, don't try to be good at everything. Do not. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it's good to understand how everything works, right? But but Tom Brady does not try to be the best wide receiver and, and the best, you know, tight end at the same time. He's just, no, I need to understand how their parts are going to be played and me playing to my strengths best. to enable them to to get to where they need to be. And we went together. And then I learned from that, Uh, you know? So don't be afraid to soak up all the game you can. But then another thing is, especially in this day and age, I just finished watching uh, this documentary called The Social Dilemma on Netflix. And I was put on by Marcus, my creative director. And um, we are programmed, especially like the kids who, you know, the prefrontal cortex is being developed as they're double tapping something on Instagram. Like, don't believe the hype, bro. Because your favorite rappers are not as rich as they seem in one picture. The the women you're thinking, yo, I got to leave my girl because she is so bad. The women are often filtered, and I'm not trying to bash any person or any group. I'm just saying things are not always as they seem. There's always more to the picture, and more yeah. importantly, you got to focus on your own picture. Um, you know, I would say that self-awareness comes with awareness of your external environment as well, and not going ahead and jumping to conclusions about um, a type of person or a type of scene or um, a type of group of people or an experience, just because on the surface, you think you, you know what you don't like. Uh, more importantly, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So do not be afraid to soak that game up, but also don't believe the hype and, and don't think you know everything so early. I swore I knew exactly where I was going yeah. when I was, say, 18. But, you know, uh, the experiences along the way, I could have never foreseen. At the same time, though, I was talking with Will Henderson, like my creative partner one of my best friends. Yeah. A lot of the shit we planned on doing when we were in high school, we are doing literally right now. And, mm. and we're very good at it, <laughs> and right. and you know, getting the recognition, and and we're well paid, and 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 we're very blessed. But I think what came with that was this understanding that we had a very, very, very long way to go. And so, just figure out what you want, but you don't need the answer right away. You know what I mean? Figure out the direction you want to go in, and and you know if you are humble, and you have gratitude, and you're self-aware, and you are as respectful and as kind to others as you can possibly be, the universe will show you the way.
0: Facts, man, facts. So tell me, you know, what do you see or what do you see for yourself? Let me ask you that first. And then what do you see for your tech company? Amalgam. Amalgam. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. What do, you, what do you see for that, man?
1: Oh, man. Damn, you keep hitting me with the loaded questions, man. <laughs> um, well, you know, I've gone through kind of this transformative period as of late, courtesy of my girlfriends. <laughs> um, and recentering my goals and kind of having them shy away from the more worldly, materialistic, external forms of validation you know ask me six months ago i would have been like i'm gonna make a billion by you know the end of 2021 and x y and z and blah 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 blah. i think you know one year two years five years out i bro, i want to be happy for one yeah um you know the financial security i have that um And if I don't have it, I'm damn near close to it, I would say. So that is super important because that allows me to not make decisions outside of, based on like this false sense of urgency. Uh, So the happiness, the financial security, having my health in order and knowing myself, you know, in the next five years, I'd like to start a family. so I right there, I would say that, and kind of like starting to cement legacy is very, very, very important for me, um just like I said, you know how what mark are you leaving on humanity, and how how much less shitty did you make it than when it was when you found it um so that is super important to me, as far as amalgam goes, um I'm trying to figure out how to answer this without like you know disclosing stuff we're working on that we're not supposed yeah, to divulge yeah but man don't say too much
0: um
1: i'll say this um i have a plan right now for amalgam to you know we are focused right now on on meaningful innovation
0: yeah
1: this this innovation that kind of transcends the mundane activities that some of our software might execute for you in part like yeah we're revolutionizing payments i think a lot of people um and a lot of reputable organizations outside of us have have gone on to say that but to me what comes with that is you know i was telling my girlfriend the other night the most meaningful uh event thus far as my tenure as ceo has been a single mother of five children telling me she was trying to make an investment for her son's futures and she didn't otherwise have access to bank accounts because her ex-husband had kind of ruined her financial situation and, and the yeah. fact that we were providing that opportunity to her. Seeing that type of impact um, is why we do it. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say we're not doing it to make money. <laughs> Obviously, anybody needs money. But to me, it's more the money comes when, again, you're standing in truth. And when you provide a good or a service that people actually need. So um, to have established our foothold as kind of the banner or the uh, most ubiquitous name associated with blockchain technology and the company that opened that door and normalized that, uh, I see that. I absolutely see that happening. I mean, a lot of the... Let's just say a lot of the calls I've made last week are really helping us cement that future for us. You know, I plan on, I plan on amalgam having its own arena in in the near future. You know, and if there's one thing I learned, you know, I had one of my closest friends, at least formerly closest friends, tell me amalgam would never happen. Um, and you know, a year and a half later, I sent him floor seats to a Clippers game because. Amalgam was the official blockchain partner of the Los Angeles Clippers and our logo was all (laughs) over the Jumbotron, you know? So like, you know, it's like, obviously you can go ahead and be proud of yourself and try to flex from time to time. But I really just did that to be like, bro, thank you. Because I can't tell you how many times I thought about him saying it wouldn't happen when I was exhausted and it was 2 a.m. and I was still in the office. Um, So I see just Amalgam's impact more than I see any quantifiable dollar sign i know the dollar signs are coming they've been coming but uh the impact and and seeing it resonate and open up the doors and the floodgates in terms of normalizing this otherwise foreign technology that is still very much in its infancy
0: facts man that's what's up dog. you know man um for anybody my last question for you man um before you know, for anybody to get in contact with you, um, how can they hit you up, you know, whether it be social media or email?
1: Yeah, uh my social media just my handles are j dot Jordan Just just that right there. Um uh, our current website is amalgamcoin.com a m a l g a m c o i n, like the money, but Starting at the end of this week, you'll be able to go to amgm.io, um, and it'll bring you to our site. Um, so just look up Amalgam Blockchain on Google. There's plenty of press about us there, and um, even if you type in J. Jordan Jones into Google or Jeremy Jordan Jones into Google, you'll find you'll find me. So you know anybody that wants to connect, and whether it's for you know. Uh, business or our creative endeavors hit me, you know, I'm, I'm with it.
0: Well, there you have it guys, man. That was Jeremy Jordan Jones, man. That was a super dope interview. I appreciate you for, you know, coming up here and giving me this opportunity to interview you, man.
1: Appreciate you too, brother. As always, you know, it's, i I'm, I'm glad to connect with like-minded people all the time. And like we said, brother, there aren't enough of us out there really doing this and trying to enlighten and, and broaden our horizons. So I'm always glad to connect time with you, man.
0: Facts. Facts. All right, guys. Well, that's the end. I hope you guys got a lot of value from this. I'm pretty sure you did. I got a lot. I learned a lot of new stuff. Um, Yeah, (laughs) we out of here. And that's it, guys. Peace. Peace. What's up, guys? It's me again. So tell me, what did you think about the show? I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I would love for you to take a screenshot and tag at underscore the Black Wealth Media Pod and share this on your Instagram stories with your friends. That would be very appreciated. Also, go inside the podcast app to subscribe, leave a five star rating and a five star review. This helps us get the message across all over the world so more people can listen. On top of that, I really do hope you guys enjoy the show. And I'll see you next week on the Black Wealth Media Podcast.